This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Flamingo Pools, your go-to maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Stop wasting your valuable time trying to take care of your pool and let the professionals at Flamingo Pools take care of it for you. Visit azflamingopools.com for a free quote today. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast. East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show of the another episode of the Local Hustlers podcast. Um, today with us, we got Max Lasweer from Julius Painters. What's up, guys? Max, great to have you on the show today. Good to be here, man. Yeah, how are you doing to today? You. Stoked, feeling good. That's good. That's good. Feeling good. Well, why don't you kind of start us off with a little background of yourself, kind of who Max is, life before Julius Painters, everything like that. Yeah, there's uh, there's not much to it. Pretty young guy, 22. Born in Mesa, raised here, went to Mountain View, you know, served two-year mission in Chile, came back, pretty basic life. Yeah, sweet. So you picked up a language while you were down in Chile then? Yeah, yeah, Spanish. Sweet, right on, right on. Good stuff. Yeah, I pretend to know it. Yeah. Go to school at all? No, not going to school right now. No. no. Ever ever considered it or were you ever planning on it? Yeah, well, I did go to school for a while, but, okay. but just not now. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I might go back. Yeah. We'll, I we'll guess see. we'll kind of get into that more. <laughs> like why, what what were you studying in school? So I kind of went into school blindly, but um, right before I dropped out, it, it was it was for accounting. Okay. That I was trying to go for. Sweet, sweet. Um, any reason why you picked accounting? Just because I thought it'd be the most useful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the time I went into college, I, I knew I wanted to start a business. Oh, really? So I didn't want to, I didn't want to choose something that wouldn't be helpful at all. So <laughs> right. I, yeah. I thought accounting would be the best for me. So yeah. What made you decide you wanted to start a business? Um, just the fact that I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that's, it. That's basically it. There yeah. You go. So not well, much to it. Was that like in high school when you had that thought or not until you were getting ready to start college? Well, I mean, I've never wanted to be poor. But <laughs> right. But like when you're like, oh, yeah. I should start a business. Yeah, for sure. That was after my mission. Um, you know, I didn't really know anything about finance. Yeah. So I come home and I, I you know, just kind of dive into like personal finance and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, just through like meeting different people and reading like different books and getting different viewpoints, you know, I yeah. just thought that was the best way to go as far as like achieving financial goals. For sure. That's sweet. Um, did you have a couple ideas before you got into painting or how did you kind of end up where you are? Yeah, dude, I had a lot of ideas. Let's um, hear them. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are stupid. A lot of them are good. <laughs> um, well... I set a goal last year. Uh-huh. I was like, I just got to start a business. You know, I got to find something and do it. So I was kind of like rifling through everything. Um, one of my ideas I thought pretty good about, like one of my first ideas was kind of like at like ballparks and like sporting events, uh-huh. it'd be like an app that you could like deliver food and they'd deliver it to your seat. Oh. oh. And then after studying like a little bit into it, I realized quick that I wasn't ready for something that big. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I thought I should start smaller. Yeah. You know, and then I tried, you know, I worked for insurance for a while, selling like car insurance. Okay. So I checked into that a little bit, but you know, when it all said and done, I just chose painting. I thought it'd be the easiest and easiest entry. So kind of a good way to, I guess, get your foot in the door and just learn about business and learn general. some business skills. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was, it was like lower risk, you know, yeah. like I didn't have to invest a ton of money. I don't right. have a ton of overhead. And so it was just easy, easy entry. And it was a good way to learn. Like you said. That's sweet. That's sweet. And sorry, you guys. Oh no. I was gonna say. So you have no previous painting experience, right? When I've you, never. You... I've never painted a house. So <laughs> was that like a daunting <laughs> thing to start without having any pre- previous experience? Yes and no. Um, obviously, I went into it with the mindset knowing I'm not gonna paint houses. I'm gonna right. have other people do it. Yeah. Um, I look at a business a little bit differently than most people would. I mean, I feel like most people would go in a business, a house painting business because they're good painters. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or because, you know, that's what they've been doing. Uh-huh. Um, I did it because I just wanted to start a business. Yeah. So I did it more on the entrepreneurial end instead of like the technician end, someone going out there because they're a good painter. 
Yeah. So I knew I was never going to actually paint houses and I knew it'd be easy to find people. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've never painted before. That's sweet. So what, um, wow, I just had a total brain fart. While you're thinking, have you, have you by chance read the book E-Myth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Cause you they talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, they talk about like the entrepreneurial seizure where it's just someone who's good at, good at something. And then yeah. they go to start a business and they actually just own a job. They don't really own a business where you had like the business mindset where you're starting a business. You're not starting, you know, a painting job essentially. Yeah. And on, that's probably one of the best decisions I thought was going with painting because I feel like if I did something that I was good at, it would almost be like a hindrance because I wouldn't focus on the business side of it. I'd be so obsessed with. Oh just, yeah. Yeah, wow, learning so how to true. paint and all that time and energy yeah. you'd be yeah. putting into learning how to paint and actually painting the houses, you wouldn't have time to grow a business. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, like I see my painters and before they work for me, they work for themselves. But it's like they'd get a job and they'd paint a house and then every single time they finished, it'd be like starting over from ground zero. Yeah. So you just, it's harder to do it that way uh-huh. as like a technician. Yeah. As it says in that book. We're so owning a painting company, then I'm sure that you'd have to know a little bit about painting and what it, how have like, since you're not a painter, how have you learned about that? Cause people ask questions and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. People ask questions and it's not like I'm a total idiot about it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, when I decided on painting, I knew I'd have to know something about paint. Right. So I just went to like Sherwin Williams, Dunn Edwards, you know, Home Depot and got hooked up with sales reps. And I just asked them questions and huh. said, you know, why don't you just go over the details with me? Like, what's every product of paint you use? You know, when should I use them? How should I use them? All that stuff. And then I'll go periodically and, and they'll stay in contact with me and they'll just teach me everything new they have, everything they're offering. And so, I, I mean, I, I still do train myself. It's not like I right. you know, I stay in the dark about paint. But, yeah. right. but beforehand, I didn't know anything about it. And it's yeah. not like painting's rocket science. No. You know, you, it's not that hard to figure out. Yeah. Did you do any research on like the business side of things? Like how, you know, how well painting companies usually do, how busy they usually stay, what the demand is like, or did you kind of just jump in? I, I kind of jumped in. I mean, I did and I didn't. I wish I did more, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I kind of just jumped into it because what I'm doing is pretty different than what a lot of other people do because a lot of people do it just themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't really a lot of people I could talk to that's doing something like I'm doing. Right. Um, I did find someone who actually made a bit a painting business like I have right here in Arizona, but then he moved up to Colorado. I was able to get him on the phone and just talk to him about it. So oh, I nice. kind of got like the general ideas of it. Yeah. Um, but that was all after I already decided on it. So. Right. So what is it that you do then if you're not like the other, like kind of give us a, a brief rundown of what Julius Painters is, like the model, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely the painting company. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of crews that work for me, okay. um, but my main job is just finding them jobs. Okay. So I'll go knock doors or, you know, make calls around and, and find the jobs for my painters. And then I'll just kick it out to them. And then, you know, out of like the whole sum that they pay me, you know, I'll kick it out, whatever, you know, they what deserve, you know, upon, I'll paint yeah. them and then I'll keep, you know, what I deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you're hustling too. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And getting, that's, they that's, wouldn't have the work if it wasn't for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what people don't understand when you start something like this they're always like oh you're ripping these guys off because yeah. you're not painting but i'm out here like four or five hours a day knocking exactly. doors yeah. you know so i think and you know my painters don't ever say that to me you know i i pay them better than the last person they worked for yeah. or better than they would do themselves and and yeah. i'm making good money too so yeah so do you employ these painters or do you subcontract i subcontract them out okay yeah. so is that how you've kept low overhead then yeah, that, that is a big reason why it's so low. Um, so they can go out and work for other people if they want, but right. I'm, I'm keeping them pretty busy. Yeah. But yeah, they're not, they're not on payroll or anything. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a really cool business model because like you said, you didn't invest a ton of money into it to start up. So you're essentially like you have such low overhead because it's just you. You're doing the sales and marketing and then you're able to sub out jobs um, to yeah. guys that already have experience and have them do the work and you essentially get all the profit. Did you like where did you come up with that? I guess you didn't come up with it, but where did you, how did you decide that that's the business model that you wanted to, to go with? Um, so that was a lot of the help with the guy in Colorado that I was telling you about uh-huh. when I called him. Uh-huh. Um, I was kind of, I, I knew always that I was going to have someone else paint for me because yeah. yeah. I don't paint. Um, as far as like the details of it, you know, I talked to this guy in Colorado and he, he was kind of explained to me how he did it all. And, you know, it wasn't that difficult. So I just patterned it after what he told me. Cool. Sweet. 
Um, have you ever considered like employees or thought about the pros and cons of employees versus subcontractors? Um, I think my biggest worry was just how busy I could keep them. Yeah. Because yeah. when I first started, you know, I was thinking, you know, later on if I'd rather switch over, you know, weigh the pros and cons then. But when I first started, you know, I'm still not too far into it, you know, only six months. Um, I was more worried about like hiring somebody than not being able to keep them right. busy. Right. So that's so what this is a low risk about. essentially way to to get people some work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talk a bit about how you go door knocking and stuff like that and you do some like cold sales in a way. Do you have like any experience with that that kind of led you to to that route of selling or why do you pick like knocking doors instead of doing other things? Um, well, I've tried a lot of other things, but it just works yeah. best. Uh-huh. I feel like a knocking door is like if I need work, I can just go out and find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like within that same day, I could schedule a job <laughs> just because it's, it's, it's easy. If you go into a neighborhood that needs painting like obviously you're gonna find at least one person who's gonna say yes yeah. um but no I, you were asking if i had any experience with it yeah 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 no before i i did have experience with it because i knew i was gonna start a business mm-hmm. so like the minute i knew i wanted to start something i thought to myself oh like i'm gonna have to learn how to sell yeah, yeah. so i went and uh, i joined like a pest control company right right yeah, and I, I joined there. I didn't. I didn't do it for the money to make right. those six figures. Yeah. <laughs> like, like everybody says, I did it so I could learn how to sell. Yeah. So I could sell for myself. That's sweet. So you did it more of a so basically like school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was more like edu- like you said, educational more than like making money. Obviously, I made money on the way, but it was more so I knew how to sell. So do you feel like you were successful in learning a lot of tips and tricks on how to do you know door to door sales or just being a good salesman in general? Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about when I worked for? Yeah, pest working pests. Did that like teach you a lot on how to how to sell? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing I learned was just staying calm in the uh-huh. sale because I feel like I'd always get like so nervous, you know, at the beginning. And uh, right. but you know, just staying calm, keeping composure, and just like having people trust you. Right. You know, right. especially with painting, it's not like pest control where like everybody already has pest control. It's just changing companies. Like it's a big investment. You're paying thousands and thousands of dollars to paint your house. Right. You know, they need to trust you. They yeah. need to know you'll do a good job. Yeah. So. So how do you get people to trust you then if you're just some random guy knocking on their door? So that's, that's where, that's why I go to like these places like Sherwin Williams, Dunn Edwards, uh-huh. they can teach me about paint because it's really just knowledge. Like when I tell them like, oh, you know, you should use this product to paint on like yeah. this house, you know, and, and all that stuff. It in their head you know it's kind of like oh wow he like does know his stuff about yeah. it you know and then i tell him my painter's been painting for 30 plus years which is all true and so i mean also just like what you wear to to the estimate i mean mm-hmm. i'm probably the only guy who shows up to the house and i'm wearing a polo with a logo on it and yeah. you know pants everybody else shows up just beaten old clothes covered in <laughs> with paint, paint and, all over it yeah and and it seems like we're more of like the business official yeah. people which helps a ton uh-huh yeah and a lot of times people are willing to well i don't know what your pricing is but a lot of times people are willing to pay a bit more for you know professional experience rather than the cheapest guy out on the street who might yeah. be a bit sketchy and might not do the greatest job yeah for sure so i, I was actually painting this guy's house and he well, I was giving him an estimate and he kind of messed up the times and he like scheduled me to give an estimate at the same time you schedule another painter to give an estimate. So we <laughs> kind of both show up best. like super awkward. Yeah. And I'm like some 22 year old kid. You know, I look like I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this guy's like 40 something years old, but he was dressed in like raggedy old paint clothes. He had like ripped pants and shows him his like messed up truck and whatever. And then I show up dressed how I am right now in like my white Julius Painter's polo and like my blue pants and all that. And I bid, I think like 800 to like a thousand dollars more than him really yeah and i went like right after him he went and i was like oh don't worry about it i'll just like knock doors while you're done and then i'll just come after and i bid like eight hundred thousand dollars more and we got the job wow and that's the exact reason they told us you know like well it just seems like you guys are more like i don't have to worry about you guys showing up on time i don't have to worry about you guys you know messing something up and just trying to hide it or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like the trust factor really helps yeah and in painting that's like super hard to find yeah that's huge (laughs) yeah so have you kind of made it a point to just be that extra like safety net for somebody so that they can trust you and they pick you over the guy that might be a little bit cheaper at the end of the day yeah yeah that's that's for sure what i do because 
I mean, like I said, you know, painting has a really bad rap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can, of, like, not showing up on time, mm-hmm. of, like, mixing water with paint, of just doing a bunch of stuff that's not okay. So, if you just <clears throat> take a little bit more effort yeah. to be more professional, take yeah. a little bit more effort to get rid of those things, it's super easy to win jobs. Yeah. So, obviously, you have all those characteristics and things like that. How do you find subs that have those same I guess standards as you do and that'll do the job how you would do the job yeah well unfortunately there might be a better way but mine was just trial and error yeah Yeah. so I had a lot a lot of headaches just doing jobs and these painters just doing a terrible terrible job so Mm -hmm. I mean when I first started out I didn't know any good good painters so I'd have to find them off like referrals Craigslist and all these things yeah is that how you looked for them in the first place? Just like Craigslist and stuff? Yeah, so I, I'd post everywhere. You know, Craigslist, Indeed, you know, all these places and ask around, mm-hmm. like, who painted your house, painted your house. But it's hard, like, it's hard because in my mind, I thought it'd be so easy to be like, oh, I'll just get rid of all those things that painters do that annoy people. Yeah. But then I started the business and I realized, like, my employees are those people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, it, it was a while, you know, yeah. going through cruise and cruise and cruise and cruise, just like I give them one job and then I have to get rid of them because they're yeah. not good. And, um, just a bunch of that. And then I finally landed on, on this crew. That's just rock solid. That's Nico sweet. and Leo. Nico yeah. and Leo. That's sweet. Man, they're, they're awesome. That's sweet. And where did you find them? Just through one of these Craigslist ads or something? Yeah. Yeah. Just through Craigslist. So I was working with this one guy who is trying to do what i was doing um he wasn't as good as it but (laughs) (laughs) he uh he was trying to do what i was doing you know he had subcontractors go out but i thought he was painting he told me he was painting so i hired him and his crew and then i i'd show up to the jobs and he was never there so i talked to his painter i said hey where where's like this guy he said he was painting with you guys he's like oh him like he never shows up he's not a painter like all this (laughs) stuff Oh my so goodness. then um, I was like, oh, well, that sucks, but you guys do a really good job. So you guys just want to work for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. But they're, they're solid. That's sweet. Are you always kind of like looking for more just in case? Because obviously they can only handle so much work. Do you have backups or how does that work? Yeah. So, so right now that's like what I'm in the process of. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding more painters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to figure out a way to like, because they, they do it so well like they paint so well i want like them to train my new painters almost like for them to find the painters yeah you know if they have like any family or friends that can paint just so i know that this new crew that i get i can trust as much as i trust them how did you figure out how to like estimate and quote a job in the first place like how to not be the cheapest or not like way too expensive like how did you find out what what a general pricing is for painting yeah so that (laughs) that's <laughs> kind of the same thing trial and error man i hate trial and error uh, but uh yeah I mean, as a young business owner it's what you kind of have to yeah, do sometimes right yeah yeah no you definitely that's the thing i learned about business there's no easy lessons yeah. every single lesson you learn is just getting kicked in the face <laughs> so i at first i was bidding like way too high and like no one would ever buy yeah so i was like oh well like i i guess i could just you know fix it up and take a little bit less money and then i bid all these jobs and I thought I was going to make money on them. So I, you know, set like five or six on my schedule. Mm-hmm. But then after the first job, I realized that I underbid all of them. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, so I was losing money like crazy. Just, oh, and I'd have wow. to use my own money, like not money that the business made. You know, I was like personal funds from other things that I had to put back into the business. Oh. And then, you know, you, you kind of just have to find that middle. Yeah. You know, where you're not like paying too much, but you obviously can't lose money. So now I'm kind of like at that sweet spot where I'm uh-huh. like... I, I can sell quite a bit and make make good money. Yeah, that's so. sweet. Do you ever call around other painters and stuff and be like, <laughs> "Hey, I got a house I need painted. How much do you charge?" Yeah, that's actually what I did the first time. I was like, because I googled, I was like, "Painters in Mesa, Arizona," and I think Serta. I don't know if can I say businesses names on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah Serta Pro and um, Arizona Painting Company. I call them and I said hey, I got like a 2,500 square foot house, one story, like repaint, same color. How would you guys charge for that? <laughs> and they told me, I'm like, boom, that's my mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, you gotta, because I mean, you gotta know your competition yeah. side. But, but the thing about painting that's so crazy is like, 
you could find someone to paint a 2,500 square foot house for like $7,000 and then you could find someone to do it for like 500. So That's it's like crazy. your, your price like can just be all over the place. So yeah. it really comes down, not price, but to your sales process. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And yeah, I so. guess the quality of your work as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. And before that, cause like they don't know the quality before they see you, but it's really selling you, you and right. your company and trusting you that, that you will have good quality. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, that's where the trust comes in. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, where did the name come from? Julius is my middle name. Oh really? Yeah. So, I mean, I got another buddy named Max in high school so they called me julius sometimes that's sweet that's now just cool. grabbing for names man yeah like julius painters works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some names work some names yeah so yep, it works that's one that works that's cool do you so are you kind of the only one that does the sales or do you have other guys that go out for you or yeah so as of now i wanted to be the only one doing sales until i kind of got the price right yeah mm-hmm. um but now that i do have it right and everything's set up and, and working smoothly I actually got a team getting together and they actually start Monday. Oh, sweet. yeah. Wow. So, so they're going out for me now, door to door, starting That's Monday. Sweet. That's yeah, sweet. Gonna be nice. How so did you, have... you get a team together? Uh, my wife posted on her story just on Instagram. Wow. Just, hey, you know, like my husband's looking for people who want a job. People responded. Huh. Yeah. And so what, what was the process of like training? Like how much knowledge did you, did they need to have when they're knocking on the doors to make sure that they're like representing your company? Right. So they're, they're starting Monday. So they actually haven't been on yet. I I got the team together, but they start Uh their training on Monday. Oh, they start training Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So I like just. Okay. So what's the plan then to train them? Like, what are you going to go over? Like how much do you feel like they need to know to feel comfortable having them representing the company? Yeah. Um, I mean, not. Not too much. I don't, have you guys ever done door-to-door sales? Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, yeah, you have. I mean, mm-hmm, like, yeah. there's not. It's not. There's not a ton to it. Um, I think a lot of it's just gonna be, you know, telling them how they need to act. You know, how to like gain their trust. Probably just do a lot yeah. of practice with them. So I, I want to do like a meeting every day with them just to keep them motivated. Yeah. You know, keep training them. Yeah. You know, wherever they need. Yeah, because a lot of time, especially with like something so simple as painting. Um, it's, it's not really about like what, you know, it's just like being a good person, like being somebody that they're like, Oh yeah, I trust this guy. Right. Let's have him come in my house and we'll, we'll paint. So yeah. Yeah. That's Cause you don't, you don't get a lot of that in painting. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, so did you kind of like make a training manual or what, like, what have you done to kind of figure all that out? Yeah. So yeah. So when I first started the business in my head. I pictured what it would look like when it's completely done. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then what I did is I made a flow chart from the top where I was and it like trickled down like all the departments and I knew every single position that would be filled when I'm done with it. Yeah. And then I'm like starting from the bottom and like slowly taking myself out of it. So I'm starting with like sales and then I write down just, I mean, I got it from like that book, the E-Myth. E-Myth, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, very detailed, like a system of how we do things. So Mm -hmm. I was writing it down in in what I call an operations manual that just tells them, you know, very detailed what you need to do in situations, how we sell, how we portray ourselves, what's our dress code, what's the process for for everything. That's sweet. So you've put yourself in every, I guess, department or every area to figure out how you can perfect that area. Yeah, yeah. So I have in my office, I, I have, you know, the whole flow chart on the wall. Yeah. And I have my name signed under every single position. That's sweet. In the business. And then as I, you know, replace myself with employees, I'm taking my name out and putting their name in. And then they get an operations manual just that I've created through experience, you know, of, of mm-hmm. what a door to door salesman does. I'm going to give them an operations manual that tells them exactly how to do the job. Yeah. Yeah. You're right up my alley because that's I love that business model of just like putting yourself in all these positions and then removing yourself whenever you can. When when for you is it like the right time to remove yourself from a certain position and find someone else to take your place? Yeah, so I mean it's I don't I don't know if there's like a certain way to know. I just when I feel comfortable that I could write down everything and give it to somebody and then like walk them through it a few times and then they can they can know. Yeah. Like once I've mastered a position so much. That I could put my knowledge onto paper. Yeah, it's probably the best answer. Yeah. 
And that's why it's important, like you said, to like write it down. So when you're doing a job, you like have this hat on of like, I'm doing, you know, accountant work right now, or I'm doing sales work right now. And then, you know, when it is the right time, you already have like in your head or on paper, you know, what, what they can do, or, you know, how to train someone to do that position. Right. Can you walk us through like a couple other, um, positions or departments that you are looking to fill in the future? Like how you've kind of structured your business? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, I broke it down into sales, production, marketing, and then, like, accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I want to fill out is sales. Um, and then after sales, and that's all filled out, I want to go over to the production side of it, which would be basically just managing my painters, assigning jobs to painters, yeah. getting them paint, and supervising the job. Yeah. And then I want to get someone to take care of marketing after that. That's just kind of, like, my priorities of what I want to fill out. Um, and then after that, you know. I, for, with QuickBooks, I'm fine for now. <laughs> for sure. Seems yeah. like QuickBooks is a good thing that people people really enjoy QuickBooks. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm fine with QuickBooks for now. I'm not some Fortune 500 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Any reason that you like uh, uh, focused on sales first before marketing or production? Just just because I think that's the order of, of how well I do things. I think mm-hmm. I'm I'm best at sales. I'm best at knocking someone's door and getting them to trust me and selling. And then after that would be the production side. And then after that, marketing. And then and after that, you know, accounting. Yeah. So I think that because of that, it would be easiest for me to make an operations manual for sales uh, because that's what I'm best at. It's yeah. going to take well, me a little bit more time to perfect right. the production side of it enough to where I can actually put my information on paper yeah. and have someone else do it exactly yeah. how I yeah. would do it. Huh, that's super interesting because I feel yeah. like some people would do the opposite, like what they're worst at, fill that right away. Mm-hmm. But if you feel what you're best at, then you have more time to focus on those other things and learn those a bit better and be able to. Yeah. Well, then you can get somebody working for you faster if you're able to train them quicker than that. And then you can start focusing on those other things. See, that that was my biggest worry right there. Because at first I was like, well, if I suck at it, like I'll have someone else do it. Yeah. Which is, is probably still a really good idea. But just the sense that you know, there's a lot of things going on in the business right now. So like when I give someone else work, like I don't want to have to worry about them nearly as much. Right. You know, if, if I could give them, put them into a system, uh-huh. then I could focus on other areas yeah. where it needs to be focused on. And if you suck, you don't even know if they're doing a good job or not, right? Yeah, yeah. See, the last <laughs> thing I want is to say, hey, you're a, you're a sales manager and then them just make it up as they go. Right. Because then it becomes their business and you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to just... Be like, yeah, just uh, make the sales, guys. Like, get it done. And as like a salesperson, they're like, well, how do I do it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, what? How? What do I do? I mean, yeah, do I... especially with painting, because like yeah. you know, I have them give the estimates. Yeah. So you can't really just say like, go tell them the price. Right. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's like well, money. Do do that? That's that's your that's your money at the end of the day. Like. Yeah. So you want them to be responsible with that? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And and you know that's why I started with sales because I feel really confident. That they'll be able to, with, with the operation mails that I've made up, you know, I feel pretty confident that'll be good. That's sweet. Ready to roll. That's cool. That's sick. Um, how how do you figure out how to pay your sales guys? Is it like a commission thing, or do you pay them hourly, or? Yeah, so it's it's pure commission. Okay. Yeah. At, at the very front of the paper on my operations manual for sales rep, it just says, "He who can sell will never go hungry," <laughs> but you gotta sell. Yeah. <laughs> so. How long did it take you to put together an operations manual? Was that a hard thing to do? Or did you like have a template for that? Or did you just throw out all your, all your information in your head on a piece of paper? So it, 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 it didn't take a long time to do, but it took a long time to perfect, Yeah, if that makes sense. So I had the whole business, you know, flowchart ready. And I had, you know, I knew when I was going to replace myself first. And I knew that sales was going to be the first thing I took myself out of. So I've been working on that. It took me like, you know, a couple hours to actually make. Uh-huh. But then as I do it more and more and more, I think, oh, it'd be better if I did this. And then I go back and I change right, it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, it'd be better if I do this. I go back and change it. And then now I think it's good enough to where I can have other people do it. Yeah. And then, I mean, just like Michael Gerber says in myth, you know, like you can, you work on the business in it. You know, For I can sure. always go back and, and change something that I think would work better mm-hmm. later on. But I think it's good enough now to where I can have other people yeah, you're comfortable. take the manual. And yeah, you might even still change things along the road, but it's good enough where you can finally get someone else to do yeah. it and just follow whatever yeah, you wrote down. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, so it sounds like the E-Myth has obviously played a big role in kind of the structure of business and influenced you. Have you read any other books or listened to any other podcasts that have in the business world that have been an influence on you? Yeah, yeah, a ton. I read a ton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, I read a lot of him. You know, Michael Gerber, obviously, you know, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. There's a lot of books that I, I read and then I just reread because you can learn it again. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's stuff in there that you might not catch the first time. It's yeah. always good to go back through. Yeah. So. Um, any role models or people that in your life, friends or family that have helped you out and kind of been there along the way to give you advice? As far as advice goes, not, not, no one really in my family's like an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get advice in the entrepreneurial side of things. Yeah. Cause they, they're not really in that realm. Yeah. Um, neither are really any of my friends. Um, so I guess most advice, you know, sounds cheesy, but like I get from these books, like I get yeah. from the people who write these books and, and where I'm learning this stuff from. Yeah. That's cool. That's sweet. Um, so talk to us a bit more about the actual business. What type of painting do you guys do or specialize in is like inside, outside cabinets? Like will you do whatever, or do you have something in particular that you specialize in? Yeah. So I, I started doing everything, you know, interiors, exteriors, um, I just, I, I couldn't really dial in on the estimate, estimating process for interiors. So now we just focus on exteriors. Uh-huh. There's very few times where I'll actually do the interior of a house. Um, obviously, I want to get into that, but we're, I'm just not there yet. I, I want to focus on the exteriors and then, and then go from there. Yeah. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? And call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. So kind of walk us through, like you knock on a door and somebody's interested. What do they do after that? Yeah, so I knock on their door, you know, I go through the whole spiel. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like I was actually thinking about painting my house. I'm like, yeah, well, what's a good time to come by and give you an estimate? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really like giving estimates at the door, like right then and there. So I yeah. try to schedule a different time. Mm-hmm. Any reason why you like to separate the two? Yeah, just because the more casual an estimate is, the less likely they are to buy. Yeah. So you kind of got to make it like serious. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not like intense, like buy for me, but like... yeah. Serious in the sense that, like, you know, I'm coming to your house with the intention of you buying something. Yeah. And if you know that and I know that, like, it'll be easier to get the whole process going. Yeah. So I, I try to schedule that like a week out, like a week out from like mm-hmm. when I actually knock their door. Then a few days before I actually go to the estimate, I have a call script that I go through and I just ask them a few questions. And it's kind of like a pre-close thing. You know, I tell mm-hmm. them about like all the discounts we're doing, if there's any sales or whatever. And then I show up to their house. I just kind of talk over like, okay, like, what are you looking for? What colors do you want? You know, are you going to paint the same house? Are there any damage on the house we need to know about? You know, take measurements, come back with the numbers and, and hopefully close on that same day. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, can they expect their house to be painted pretty quick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I have multiple crews, like we can basically paint your house whenever. Yeah. Whenever like that full. Yeah. Um, but I, I offer discounts if you work like with my schedule. Like uh, if I'm working close to like an area and you're in that area, like I try to give them like some discounts. That's and, sweet. Yeah. Because I mean that helps them save money and helps me because I don't have to move all over the place. Yeah. Right. right. That's why you kind of probably stick to certain neighborhoods for a little bit to try and get all your work in that neighborhood, so the painters know okay we're here for a week, right? And then yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk a bit about about like. Well, okay. So let me first ask you this. Do you love what you do like on a daily basis within, within your business? Yeah. 
Yeah. I love I love being an entrepreneur. Okay. Is what I should say. I love the fact, like, do I love knocking doors in 110 degree weather? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't. But do I love creating something uh-huh. of like actual value and like something that's mine? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have a love for like knocking doors or painting even, but it's just like, I, guess, I don't know, what is, it? is it? What is it about being an entrepreneur that you love so much? Well, it's totally different than what I thought I love about, okay. about being an entrepreneur. So at first I was like, dude, I'm going to make bank. Like, <laughs> yeah, like forget school, forget jobs. People uh-huh. tell me what to do. Like I'm going to yeah. make money, you know, and I have... Yeah, I just had all these ideas. And like, a lot of people just, hype it up like that, right? Yeah, a lot of people hype it up like that too. But then when I really got into it, like obviously the money's awesome. Like who's going to say no to money? But yeah. to me, it's cooler when I can like take a step back or like when I go to sleep at night and think like, wow, dude, this is cool that I'm like building something. Yeah. Like something that, you know, I had less than like $500 when I started the whole thing. And then, you know, t- to just go from like nothing to like building something and, you know, yeah. as, as I continue to grow it, I just get more and more like excited about it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I, what I love about it. Okay. I'm glad you highlighted that. Cause I, I think there's a lot of people that are like, don't know if they want to start a business and they have like an idea, but they're like, Oh, I don't love it. Like you could have said, Oh, I don't love painting. So I don't want to do that. But I think everyone, and maybe not to the same extent, but everyone enjoys like creating something and seeing something that they did, like make a difference or watch it grow. And so even if it's just like more of a side hustle, I think it's such a great skill to learn and to be able to create, you know, extra cash flow and more income to to create something and watch it grow. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you love necessarily, but just being able to watch something grow can be something that everyone can enjoy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that you know, the, the product, you know, is the business. And I, I feel like that's what, what excites me Yeah, is that like, it's something that I'm creating. And if I want something to change in the business, like it's my choice. You yeah. know, it, it's me. It's like my personality that I get to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome to me. That's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah. It's cool to be the creator and to mold things how you want it to be yeah. molded. Yeah. That's Have you ever had like a different job? What do you mean a different job? Like, like, did you ever work for someone else before you got started with this? Yeah. Besides yeah. pest control? Yeah, besides, I mean, yeah, I've had a ton of jobs. So Max okay. is a busy man. I'm I mean, a busy dude. If you I'm guys don't know, dude. me and Max know each other from another job that he oh, does okay. have. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have a part-time gig at the airport, so. Okay. Yeah. Um. Sorry, what was your question? I just spaced out. Oh, just like what other jobs you've had in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... In high school, just like side jobs, right? You know, right. I, was, I built desk for some guy mm-hmm. in my ward. I got back from my mission. Um, I sold insurance for a little bit. That's right. And then, um, then I worked at the airport. Now I do this. Why? Why the airport? Because I wanted to fly. That's that's the only reason. Yeah. Do you do a lot of traveling? Yeah. Well, I mean, not now with the virus, but <laughs> yeah. right. But I try. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I try. So, I I mean, because I kind of know how the the schedule at the airport goes, um, and and you you can be pretty tied up, and it can be pretty hard to to just take off or just be like, yeah, I'm not going into work today. I'm gonna go do something else. How do you balance your schedule? Yeah, it's you know, I, I just try not to be at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty chill job. Like you can sell shifts and everything. Yeah. So I mean. I just try to get rid of all the shifts I have there just to keep the benefits. Yeah. And you know, the more time I spend on the business, the better because yeah. obviously that's that's where more of the income is going to come from than, than the airport. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's sweet. Do you, because a lot of entrepreneurs like don't like working for people or struggle to work for other people. Did you feel like you had that problem or have you been oh, able to, to Absolutely. Work for, yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I was selling insurance, I mm-hmm. was tight with my boss. Like he's a cool guy. Yeah. But I remember he would come in like once a week and like all he would do is just like uh, he would just go to the back like work on something for like an hour and then like leave and i've been there like eight hours a day selling him insurance and then he'd always send me pictures of like him like jet skiing in cabo <laughs> and like him like just dirt biking all day yeah. and i'm like dude i'm working like nine to five dude what and i think that's where i first started I'm like what's he doing that that i'm not you know like yeah. how did he get like that you know he's always with his family he's always doing fun stuff uh-huh and, you know, all the other adults in my life are working nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> like something's not right here. Yeah, something's not right here. And, and that's where I really started to dive in, like, investigating, like, okay, well, what is it like starting a business? Like, is it worth it? Is that something I could do? Yeah. And I'm sure it's, it can be hard at, time, hard at times working for someone else while you're working for yourself. Because, I mean, the airport's a great place and it, and it has a lot of great benefits, but... 
there's also things that you probably see and you're like, okay, you guys can be doing this so much better. Like, yeah, what are we doing here? So, oh yeah, that's for sure. It's probably hard to bite your tongue. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What is your definition of an entrepreneur? Um, I think, I mean, my, my very basic definition is someone who takes risk for financial gain. Yeah. You know, any, anything that you're willing to risk, whether that be, you know, money or time or energy, anything like that in return for financial gain, I think would be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like the biggest risk that you took was when you got started with Julius Painters? I mean, it was pretty low risk. I mean, there wasn't that much. I think the biggest risk would, would be time mm -hmm. because I mean, now I don't fear it, but when I started, I was super scared. Like, well, what happens if I spend years on this business and then it right. goes under right. and then, you know, I'm just this failure and then I have to go back to school. But then when I go back to school, I'm like so far behind. Yeah. So I, I thought that was the biggest risk that I was taking. How did you get over those negative thoughts? I just said, screw it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's literally hey, all. I, that's it. all you have to do, dude. Because when you, when you start a business, it, especially when you're like so young, like, like us, you know, yeah. you, you know, every adult you talk to is like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like, what are you studying in school? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, well I, I have a business. I have a painting business. Like, Oh yeah. It's almost like, Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you actually going to do? Right. Yeah. And I'm like this, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, even to this day, like I'm, I'm doing well, I'm getting tons of jobs, you know, we're busy and that's still awesome. people will be like, Oh, cool. But like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your money? life? Right. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing this for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not doing yeah. it just for the heck yeah. of it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it for, for a reason. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I think people are just like raised so differently sometimes. And it just doesn't even like click to them, I guess that it's a, it's a viable way to live and to have a good life and raise a family. You can do it having yeah. your own business, especially when you're younger. I think people just don't look at it the same, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They look at you like, like, oh, that's cute. You're, you're doing your own thing, right? <laughs> yeah. which, which really did annoy me. And, you know, I think one of the biggest problems I had when I first started off was just, you know, I didn't want anyone to know that I was starting a business, you know, because I, I was embarrassed, you know, and people would tell me all the time, like, nine out of 10 businesses fail. Like, what are you going to go back to school? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I, I don't want any more negative things in my life. I don't want any negative thoughts for people. So I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to tell anyone anything about it. You know? That's cool. But obviously it, it grew and you have to tell people about it. Now I own it and I regret ever being embarrassed about it ever. Yeah. Yeah. So have you kind of gotten over that thought that, well, what if it does fail? Yeah. No, I, I, I would say now I'm definitely over that thought. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there's so many people out there. I talked to my friend yesterday. He was talking about the business and he was thinking about starting his own thing. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, he's like, it's just scary. Like if it doesn't work, it's just like such a big risk. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was telling him like, you know, it's only a big risk if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you could learn how to do it and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people think that just going, you know, owning your own business is just like a death trap. Yeah. That, that nine out of 10 businesses fail, that like only huge companies will ever have successful businesses. And that's just right. not true, you know? I mean, you might even argue that the bigger risk is not trying and not even if you do fail, like just not knowing what could have happened, I think is riskier than giving it a try and seeing what goes. Oh, yeah. No, like a million times riskier, to, in, in my opinion. Like yeah, it's, yeah. They always say like, oh, I want job security. <laughs> but in my opinion, like it's safer to, to be an entrepreneur. For example, like at the airport, you know, I see people there all the time who because of the coronavirus, something totally out of their hands you know, their hours are being cut. All of a sudden, they're not making nearly as much money because they can't even work as much money. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, I'm over here on the business and I'm making my own money. Right. So if you know what you're doing, I, it's, it's almost safer. Oh, I totally agree. To, to like, be an entrepreneur. Yeah, you have yeah. securities and you're in charge of anything that happens. Like you don't have a boss that can snap of a finger, fire you, and all that security is gone. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you make one mistake at a job, you're fired. Yeah. You know, and you could lose everything, you know, like the next day. But if you're an entrepreneur, like... No matter what happens to you, you can get back up. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it, go. No. I was going to say, and it's not, I'm not going to say it's for everybody because there are some people that do like really need the security of a job and it's worth like that risk of getting fired or anything could happen. And not everyone is meant to, yeah. you know, have the stress of starting their own business. But I don't know. I would even say that even as like a side hustle, like I think everyone should give it, give it a try and just see, see if they enjoy it and just have that opportunity to create something and make a bit of extra income on the side. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I totally agree. 
And in, in my opinion too, is I, I think that failure is like one of the best ways to learn anything like failing in something like you better learn what not to do next time. Mm-hmm. And if you keep failing, that's okay. You're just learning more and then you'll just one day be great. So yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I feel skills. like, you know, in school and stuff, like failure is just like, it's terrible. You know, they, yeah. they treat failure like such a bad thing. Like you fail right. a test, you have to retake yeah. the entire class. Yes, yes. You know, but in, in life, it's never like that. You right. fail, you know, you have It's a learning chance. experience. Yeah. yeah. You fail, you do better. You fail, you learn. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you, yeah. you learn more when you fail. But, I mean, that's just not the mindset most people have. Yeah, well, it's just unfortunate because school kind of tailors us that, like, failing is so bad and we're scared to do something that we might fail at because we're just, you know, trained to think that failing is such a bad thing. Yeah, which is probably why no one's starting businesses these days, you know? It's, it's right. sad. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, it's, it's sad that people are so, so, so scared, like, petrified to fail that they'll never even start. Yeah. And it's like, you already failed. Because, you know, not even starting is failing. Yeah. And it's sure. even a worse failure because you can't learn from it. Because you I didn't know. do anything. <laughs> you know, like. It, just, it sounds like a big snowball to me. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I could go on a rant about that. No, but. I love it. I love it. Um, so with your love and passion of just like business in general, are you, you know, pretty dead set on taking Julius Painters and growing that? Or are you open to, you know, other business opportunities down the road? Yeah, so I mean, I... I want the the point of Julius Painters when it really boils down to it is just to be financially free. Yeah. Um, and free up my time to do other business ventures. Yeah. So I do want to grow Julius Painters, yeah. But I want to, you know, venture out and do other things after I'm done with that. That's cool. Anything in particular they have in mind that you want to spill the beans about, or is no, it all no, no, nothing in particular because I'm I'm just super focused on this. Yeah. You know, as cool. as like the entrepreneur, you know, in my head. I'm like just super busy and they're like, I'll lie down at work. I'm like, what if I open a pizza parlor? And I'm like, oh, Max, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not yet because you're so like, so focused on, you know, yeah. just, just random stuff like that. Like, oh, I could do that. I could do this. Yeah. But I, right now I'm just focusing on Julius Painters. Yeah. Well, it's hard. What do they call it? Like shiny object syndrome? Like when yeah. you hear all these good ideas and you want to like do everything at yeah. once. So it's hard to stay focused on one or yeah. two things, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. To just keep focused and it, I mean, I see how I'm growing this thing and, you know, I'm like, well, I can do this again with something else. And like that right. excites me like crazy. It's like yeah. it boils my blood just yeah. building a business. Yeah, that's sweet. So this is a really broad question, but as an entrepreneur, what is something that you or just as a, as a human being in general, what's something that you won't negotiate that you're just going to stick to it at the end of the day? Something that I won't negotiate yeah. ever is quality and and just, yeah, just just doing a good job. It, and that's tough, you know, with, with painters, I'm a 22-year-old guy and I have to tell 45-year-olds, you know, like, go back and fix the house, yeah. you know. But I, I have good painters. They're, they're pretty humble about it when I tell them they have to go yeah. back. But Yeah. So that's, that's something that's really hard. Like, you can, well, that can be really hard. How did you learn? Like, where did you learn from somebody or from something that in your life to be able to handle those situations in the right way? Like as a 22 year old talking to a 45 year old in that way? Yeah, I think I, in my mission, obviously, like I had, you know, I was blessed to be in like positions of leadership there. So I learned, you know, how to deal with people. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just as you, first starting the business, it was tough, you know, telling people older than me, like what to do, you know, like playing boss in that situation because I wasn't used to it. Yeah. Is it intimidating? I mean, it wasn't necessarily intimidating, but I felt dumb doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because these guys have been painting for 30 plus years <laughs> and I've, I've been finding jobs for a month and right. I'm telling hey, like, you to go back. It's like, this guy to tell yeah. me what to do? Yeah. Which, which fortunately the painters I have now never do that, but it was tough at first to do that. Um, well, we are running a bit short on time here. So before we close up, we wanted to make sure that we get a little game in that we're going to play with you. All right. Um, Let's do it. So the way that it goes is we have a list of, of questions and you have 60 seconds to answer as many of them as possible. So. All right. Okay. All right. We will start in three, two, one. If you can turn an inanimate object into life, what would it be? An inanimate object? Yeah. Trees. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Jello. 
most is that a uh, liquid yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a tv show you could binge watch friends uh michael jordan or lebron james oh michael jordan okay there you go who's your celebrity crush i don't want my wife to hear it's uh the girl from footloose <laughs> all right um fruits or vegetables fruits uh best podcast you guys local also <laughs> there you go. best business book you've ever read um the e-myth what's your spirit animal eagle bald eagle uh if you could have dinner with anyone in time who would it be uh george washington music you turn on when nobody is around bts k-pop <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite quote um he who can sell will never go hungry superpower flying um if you were stuck on an island what would you bring um a radio uh favorite uh junk food twix Nice, dude. I think we yeah, have dude, a record. I think we have a winner. Is that it? Yeah, I think we have a winner. There's That's winners like, and losers in this. Well, I mean, well, you don't there's get like anything, a there's like oh, a record geez, board. You mean Twix? This is like a record board, honestly. Yeah, I think we had sixteen. We'll yeah, I can check. But so so who? What's the record? Before Thirteen was 13. the record before. I don't know. That, that's going to be hard to beat. I know. That is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Maybe I should be the third guy on this podcast. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah, that's... We're, uh, we're giving up Ridge's spot. We're going to kick him out. <laughs> yeah. Whoever yeah, uh, gets 20. beat 16. I'm, I'm <laughs> hitting the road, guys. We'll catch you later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Come take the throne. <laughs> nice, man. We're going to have to start switching up some of the questions. I think some of the listeners are preparing themselves yeah, for yeah. before they he, come he on. Are you accusing did. me of cheating? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd never. never, never. Sweet, man. Um, well, that was really fun. Uh, we definitely learned a lot. It was cool to yeah. hear all, yeah, all awesome. the advice and tips you yeah, had for us. Before we close up, uh, well, two things. Why don't you give us your, your number one piece of advice that you'd give to an entrepreneur, um, getting ready to start a business and then let everyone know where they can find you if they're you know wanting to get, get some paint done. Yeah. Um, as far as advice goes, just go out and do it. Everybody has an idea. Yeah. You, know, you, you talk to anybody, no matter how stupid the idea is, like it's an idea and yeah. you can make it work. You can't be scared to start something and you can't let other people's opinions stop you or, or delay you in, in actually doing it. Um, it's so worth it. It's just, it's the funnest thing in the world and it's so satisfying and it's just, it's fun. It's fun proving people wrong too. Yeah, <laughs> people thought you yeah. couldn't. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's, that's my advice. Um, as far as where you can reach me, just Instagram, Facebook. I'm working on a website right now, but... But right now, if you need anything, just just let me know. Julius Painters LLC. Julius Painters LLC. That's the handle. Then. That's Sweet. the handle. There nice, we go. Nice. Get okay. familiar. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you, real. guys. Yeah, and we'll catch fun. you all next week. Okay, we'll see you.